Well, we stop the talk, gonna find softly. I and I asked your friend, what would you do? When the hair was black and the eyes were blue. And I knew right then, I'd be taking the world. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Aristocrat Soccer Podcast. Your host Jake Keegan here with Dave Harris. Dave, so hi, say hi to our loyal viewers. Hi, loyal viewers, all <laughs> five of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're going to get a big, big turnout uh, listening this week because we have an extra special, super elite guest, the one and only. Vinny Faraday. Vinny, Vinny, welcome to the show. Thanks a million, Dave. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Cheers, Jake. Um, myself and Jake have constantly been in touch, so um, doesn't feel like I haven't spoke to him in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if nothing else, Vinny, this week, Ronan Coleman will listen to this podcast. So I don't understand <laughs> what, quite what your relationship is, why he loves you so much, but I don't up. either. I think it's ever since I hugged him after scoring for Dundalk. There's just this connection now. Uh, yeah, but he, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do with his time. I think he needs you to get back to the club. He needs a, a new fan favorite. Yeah, there's some rumors going around. We won't, we won't address them on the podcast. But, uh, but yeah, Ronan, for those who don't know, he's a big United supporter. He actually helped me get my work permit or work permit uh, the first year that I was in Galway. And he has this picture of Vinny on Twitter it's like you as Jesus basically <laughs> and it's very funny he posted every time that he scores a goal so Vinny just you recently retired this week congratulations on a extensive career a very uh, successful career and the, the response to it on Twitter and Instagram was did it did it blow you away yeah it did actually um I, I didn't really want to post something um but kind of at the same time, I just want to let it linger because even guys on the team were kind of wondering, what are you going to do? going to sign back? Are you going to stay? going to go elsewhere? So I was just like, I just need to, I suppose, cut the cord and, you know, bite the bullet. And also, like, you know, I suppose for myself, there might be that temptation in, in January to, oh, will I go back? You know, so I just thought, I knew it was for the best. I knew it was the right decision to make. So I just decided I'd, I'd bite the bullet and, uh, and put something up. But yeah, sorry to, to answer your question. I, I I was I was shocked to be honest. I didn't think you know, I I, I obviously knew the going United fans would give me a, a decent reception, but it blew up way more than I thought. Um, and I really appreciated it. It was uh, I spent like the entire evening just responding to people. But um, yeah, look, it, it's great. But sure, that's that's the League of Ireland community. I'm sure you felt it yourself when you were when you were playing in the league, you know, it's, it's a bit of a family, um, you know, obviously not your direct rivals, but I think everyone looks out for each other, which is, which is nice. Just real quick as outside for anybody, you know, besides the, the Galway fans, the, the folks that, you know, follow, uh, just so everybody knows with you and Jake, you know, since Jake's coach, so you guys have played together in Galway for a couple of years and just give everybody background. So Jake took my spot. Yeah, well, that's actually only one year, Dave. We played together the first year. And then Tommy Tun was like, Vinny, get out of here. Get out of here, Vin. So anybody listening who doesn't already know that, you know, like a lot of this is also a pretty, you know, we're going to focus on Vinny, but we're also going to go into a bit of Jake's history as a player as well. And a lot of fun, a lot of banter. And the reason why, you know, we really wanted to be on because we really wanted to be on. 
at some point. And then, you know, the retirement announcement this week, we just kind of said, you know, we really need to get him on and he was willing to come on. So thanks for coming on. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was awesome just as like a outsider to see the reception that you got Vinny and, and, you know, a lot of people really, uh, very nice things to say, you know, so it must, must've been really touching. Any, but anything surprising or, you know, you didn't expect or just something you really made you chuckle. Uh, there was a few. <laughs> there was a few. I think there's a new page set up. Ooh, ah, Vinny fan. There's a, a few. If you if you have a chance to check it out, some. It could be Ronan Coleman. He could be behind it. <laughs> but um, there's a few funny funny tweets and then a few private messages that I got that uh were quite funny. You know, stories from down through the years. But not just like you know, it was nice for people to take their time out and you know, even opposition fans. Um. I don't think I was the most controversial character, but but even like, you know, some Shamrock Rovers fans and that when I played for Pats, they still, you know, Jake, you'd understand that rivalry, but um they they wished me well. So no, look, it was it was lovely, it was touching. Um and you know, it's 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 sad, but at the end of the day it was it was the right decision. So I, I don't have any regrets so far. Can you just tell us like a little bit about um what, what exactly made this decision come about? And then like, what are you leading into now as you're going into retirement? You know, like what's the next steps for you? Yeah, um, well, it was a bit of a bit of a few things. Uh, when I came back from Cyprus um, two years ago, I kind of, um, you know, I had a bit of a decision to make. Uh, was I going to go back playing full-time? Um, or was I going to, you know, I suppose, use my degree and, and, and go and try and get a job um, and, you know, supplement that with, with semi-pro because Galway were, were just after getting relegated and they were semi-pro. So I decided I wanted to be back in Galway. I wanted to play for the club. Um, and it just kind of all aligned. It made sense to, to go working also. So um, I, luckily, I got a job uh, in a software company, the first place I interviewed for. And um, I just went back playing. And I suppose then, as you know, this season came and it just kind of looked like everything was going back to pro. It lo- looked like they were going back to full time. Um, and also, to be honest, uh, myself, you know, uh, my body just wasn't able to do what it used to be able to do, which was very frustrating for my own part. Um, you know, it was just harder to get right for training, harder to be right at games. Um, I just saw some young lads coming through and I thought, I can't keep up with these guys. Um, you know, there's, there, there, there's a few young lads there and I'm just thinking, you know, if I try and train like they do, I, I'm going to I'm going to seriously hurt myself. So. I kind of knew it was coming and I kind of wanted to go out on my own terms. I didn't want to be pushed out the door. I didn't want to kind of hang around too long. Um, so it just all made sense. And then next year, the club is going back full time. They're training in the mornings and it just wouldn't have really worked with work anyway. So it just all fell into place. Um, it was something that I kind of knew was coming, whether it be this year or next year. Um, so that was kind of, to be honest, w- where my decision came from. Yeah, I know just speaking to a lot of the, or I know I was speaking to Shane Doherty, Doherty, however you say his name, uh, the great American guy, guy <laughs> the great guy, he was speaking yeah. so highly of you in terms of how, as you were making that progression from full-time footballer to part-time, which Galway was the last two years, how big of an impact you had on his career, because he was in the same place that I was when I, when I first came to Galway, kind of a guy coming out of college, and he said he learned so much from you as a, as a player, and he also loved having you up front. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think hopefully when Galway get promoted next year, you can take great pride in that and all the young players that that you helped kind of along the way. And I'm definitely one of them as well. 
but just for our list, just for our listeners, um, when ben, Vinny speaks about part-time versus full-time professional, and that's basically just part-time is you train maybe two or three times a week and it's more at night and then full-time would be a little bit higher wages and you train in the morning. That's really, that's really the only difference. But as, as someone with a job like Vinny, uh, a, a part-time situation is obviously best. Yeah. Yeah. Like to be honest, this, this year and last year, really, we were in pretty much every evening. So it was, you know, nearly identical. It was just the time. Um, but I suppose with John coming in now, he wants to train in the mornings and do double sessions and, you know, I suppose have more um, hands-on time with the, t- with, with the players. And, you know, that's, he, he needs to do that, to be honest. Um, you know, if the club want to go forward, they need to go full-time. Um, and, you know, it's, it is, it, to be honest, it was just another reason or another factor in it, but it wasn't the only reason. Um, you know, again, like I, like I said, lads like Shane coming through and, I'm sure you've seen Shane. He's so athletic, and I'm just thinking I can't compete. With it. How can I knock on the manager's door and ask him why I'm not playing when when you see Shane running up and down the line? <laughs> so um, no, it's it's. Uh, I'm delighted for him. He's had a really good year. He's come back. Um, you know, he he had to let, leave under unfortunate circumstances last year. We really missed him, but he's come back so much. Like he's improved so much, even in those few months he wasn't with us. Um, he's he's really bulked up. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that's really going to benefit from the, the full-time training. And when you say John Caulfield, just for anybody not aware, you know, if you're Americans listening, uh, John Caulfield, you know, very uh, well-respected manager in League Ireland, a lot of, a lot of success there at Cork City. And then he comes in out of Galway United this year, uh, you know, and uh, really looking to take the club forward in a big way. Now, I was trying to follow along with, with the last few games. Now, did you score in the last game? <laughs> it's a bit debatable. Uh, oh, a few okay. of us jumped first. Me and the other guy thought I scored it, but I think it was reported that someone else scored it. Um, uh, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, I, okay. I, I, I had something. I don't know if I got a fist in the head or, or the ball. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be, I'll be as a striker, you know we're going to claim it. <laughs> we we claim every single one, and I was watching that. I watched the last thirty minutes of that or so, and I saw. And I think the live, uh, the like uh, the scoreboard operator, whoever it was, they announced Vinny Faraday. But I'll tell you who screwed you over. It was Conan and whoever the co the co host guy of um, whoever was doing the game. He was like, no, I think that was the the center half or whatever. And they were all they were Killing convinced. Murder, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were convinced it wasn't you. So you can blame Conan for that one. I thought when they, uh, I, was like, or... I was like, that's a proper striker always claiming. I've done that a few times. For yeah. Sure. Which Conan, Conan would have been one of those too. Conan <laughs> Byrne, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. He doesn't know fuck all about the game. Come on. <laughs> uh, you, you can't knock on Conan. He's a former teammate of both of our staff. He's a great guy. So. He's a very good guy. <laughs> I, actually, I actually like him a lot. I think he was a really good player. I enjoyed watching him. I like I like his podcast, and I and I kind of follow him on Twitter. So yeah, I, you know, I think uh, he's, he's a good guy. Good insight, but you know, it's just fun. To <laughs> out of him, you know. <laughs> uh, no, so yeah, it's uh, look, it was it, it it's um it's brilliant for for lads like like uh, Shane and the younger guys, but um. I think the club are really, really, really pulling for you to come back, Jake. Not sure what they have to do or how much money they need to put in front of you, but I'm sure uh, there'll be a phone call soon. 
all I know is I had I had a BMW when I was at Pat's, so they can uh, <laughs> sort out a car. This, that's what Dave is saying. He says, just sort out the car. I'll go over. You don't need to pay me. Uh, <laughs> and and a really nice apartment too. In in oh uh, yeah, I, I gotta live. <laughs> I gotta live. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting times. I'm sure you'll be up at the club. Hopefully with with COVID and everything, things will be opened up and you'll be up up at uh, Ema DC Park again. And, and you'll be revisiting, like I know you were, when you were a kid growing up, five, six years old, you went and there you were 15 years later, then again, 20 years later, and then again, 25 years later, you're playing for the club, your boyhood club. And not, not a lot of people get to say that. So that's really cool. Yeah, no, it was. It was, uh, you know, there's times, I suppose, during your career where you forget it, um, you know, when the club aren't doing too well and your your head's a little bit turned. And my, my father used to always remind me, you know, when you, when you were a kid, this is where you wanted to be. So, you know, don't take it for granted. Um, but look, I suppose that comes with being a footballer too. You need to you, know, you need to set your, your goals high. Um, I suppose from a Galway perspective, it's, it's a bit unfortunate that there's been um, and I'm not including myself in this, but so many, so many good players around the league. So many lads have won leagues, but they've done it at other clubs. And it's just unfortunate that Galway haven't been able to kind of grasp that and, and um, you know, turn it into their own fortune. But, but hopefully that's where it's going to go now. Um, and hopefully, you know, John can bring them to the Premier and maybe build on that. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of good young lads there. Um, and hopefully, you know, with, with the right additions from outside, um, it can be a really prosperous time for the club. Yeah. Going back to your own career, how many goals did you finish behind Murph? Oh, about 20. Yeah, it, was oh, a it, was, it was too many. You couldn't hold on for dear life for another year or two. No, 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 I wasn't going to get it. Um, no, he, at the start of his career, he, he was scoring like 20 goals a season when he, when he first broke, broke onto the scene. He was a real out-and-out striker kind of moved back a little bit then into midfield kind of when he came back from Derry Bush himself and Ski um, another former former player he, he was also a former international uh, they have a lot of goals yeah I think it's 75 or 76 league goals wow yeah, yeah. That'd, be t- that'd be tough to catch <laughs> yeah especially at 33 <laughs> when you're 20 behind <laughs> you're going to have to be subbed on just to take pens <laughs> And Murph, Murph is Al Murphy, and so he was managing the club at the beginning of the year. How much did that play a part in, in your decision to continue uh, playing on the season, Vinny? Yeah, but to be honest, I, I toyed with it, um, with maybe not coming back towards the end of last year. And the, the kind of team we were assembling, um, I thought, you know, we could win the league. And I definitely wanted to be a part of that and try and help contribute to that. Um, so, you know, Towards the end of last year, when I could see that we were we were assembling a good squad, I, I I kind of put it out of my mind at the time. Just said, look, I'll give it one more year, see see what happens. And obviously, if if we got promoted, I knew it was going to be the end. Um, but unfortunately, we just got a terrible start to the season, and we just never got going. We never clicked. Um, and I, and Jake, you can you can definitely understand that. That you know sometimes where it's just not happening and no matter what you do, like it wasn't lack of effort or it wasn't like, you know, we weren't training hard enough. It just wouldn't happen for us. And probably then we started to overthink it, you know, as a team management, everyone, and we, we were chopping and changing and changing formation and it just made matters worse. And um, yeah, it was just really unfortunate and unfortunate for Murph really how it happened because, you know, he obviously ended up leaving Bush, um, you know, 
we'll see him again. But it's just unfortunate because he's, you know, obviously a club legend. Um, this was his first job, which again probably is unfortunate. You know, it's probably his dream job and it's his first job, which probably don't go well together. But um, yeah, look, I'm sure we'll see him around. Um, he he he's a uh, he he's a very driven man, so he he's not going to he's not going to fade away anyways. No, that's a fact. I remember <laughs> my first year there, he was he was assistant under Tommy and being a, a striker as well. I learned a lot from him. And but it just his mentality, he, he would like the, his mentality and how he, he's a stubborn guy. And I mean that in the yeah. best way possible. And I, I think he'll be back. And it, it's, it is it's just it's so unfortunate. I mean, you, you you do everything you can. You sign the when I looked at your squad at the beginning of the year, I was like, I texted Murph, actually. He was actually looking at a striker that played with me last year. Um, a guy to come, potentially come in and he ended up signing with Harps and it was like, I was looking at it, I was like, you have to go to this club. They're going to win the league. Um, and yeah. just, it didn't quite work out like that. And you just, you just feel so bad because it's, you, I know for it's not Murph. It's just the timing of it all worked out that it looks like it is because Caulfield comes in and straight away, you guys vault up the table, you make the playoff final or the semifinal, I guess. And it's just football, but I, I, I hope to see him back. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I have absolutely no doubt. Yeah, it's just it, like a load of situations just happened simultaneously that just, yeah, it just didn't work out. And I suppose that's football. You just, you know, you have to dust yourself down. We've both been there. Uh, I've certainly been there many times where you think, is this the end of the road? And, you know, if you persevere, you know, you get your head down, you'll always find a way out of it. Yeah, we were back kind of talking about... No way out of that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dave. One, one more thing. We were talking about before we came on air, referring to that end of the road. And when we played together in 2014, um, we had we had we got promoted. We had a good season, but towards the end of it, um, you did you kind of fell out of the team a little bit, and then you ended up moving on to Limerick. And I remember talking to you after that point, and you were like, "This could be the end of the road." We're more or less having that same conversation. And then the next two seasons with Limerick, your third top goal scorer in the league. Then you come back to Galway, and I believe you're second or third again, um, as of whatever you were thirty at the time. So it's it's so important as a footballer to you know there's going to be downs, but if you stay persistent, you'll get the highs and you'll get those rewards. And I think that's a credit to you the way your mentality is that you were able to come back, especially so late on in your career. If you're 23, you're going to have downs, but you were at a point where you could have just said, "I got a great life. I got I'm a, you're a smart guy. I'm getting my degree." got a wife or girlfriend or whatever you have let me just pack it in and you're just like nope push on and 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 you got your rewards yeah yeah no look you're right like that that's something that I try and tell to the young lads but obviously you know I'm just the old lad saying it and it's it sounds yeah. like it's just for the sake of it but it's true like you know you're going to have downs are guaranteed like so it's how you react to them um now, I'm not saying that I always reacted that well to it, but I suppose it's that stubbornness you talked about too. You know, you, you want to go out in your own terms. You don't want to go out on a whim. Um, and yeah, I suppose it's just about putting in the hard work and the graft. Um, but yeah, you, do, you don't really stay around to 27, 28 if you, if you kind of give up at the first knock you get. Um, I'm sure you know that yourself uh, with injuries and everything. Um, but no, it's... Uh, that that first year was a was a hell of a team too. A lot of lads went on to big things there, um, and yeah, it's a pity they lost you to be honest. And again, another thing with Galway, they weren't just able to kick on to the next level and keep their best players. Um, you know, I think I came back in to replace you um, on the second year after Limerick. But like, you know, it should be a situation where you can add rather than 
constantly just having to replace and chase yourself. You loved it at Galway, though, I assume. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I The move that I made after that maybe was not the smartest move. Uh, I'm out, You're always happy the way – I'm happy with my career ended up, but that particular move after leaving Galway, maybe if I stayed an extra year, it would have been a different situation. But, yeah, you know, hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, I, I've, I've done it too myself, but, like – at the time, it's the right move, and you, you weigh everything up. You, yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen. But I suppose if you make it for the right reasons, uh, I think that's one thing I, I've been lucky to do. I, I've never really followed the money. Um, you know, I've always tried to get the best contract I can, but I don't think I ever took the best offer that was made to me. I kind of always made it on other stuff like, you know, it's obviously important to get a good club, but you want to be in a good environment. You want to be in a nice city, or you want to be somewhere where you're going to be happy. Um, and that's, I suppose, something that I'm thankful I always kind of did. Um, you know, whether it worked out or not was kind of a different thing, but I kind of always went for the right reasons. Were there any times in your career, like, you know, Jake talks about with um, moving to Edmonton, and which at the time, you know, was the logical move for him. But, you know, looking back, maybe stay another year ago. But yourself now, you, you know, you, you're, at, you're at St. Pat's, you know, on twice. You're with Dundalk. You know, you went Sligo. Um, were there any moves along the way now that you moved around and you kind of thought, like, maybe I shouldn't have done that? And, and you know, I don't think it's 2020, but just, you know, curious to see, like, you know, uh, was there anything you kind of look back on and if I stayed here, if I've done that different, you know? Yeah, that the Sligo won a little bit. Um, I suppose it's, it's a tough one to say because I actually loved it up there. It's a really good club. Um, one of my best friends is was up there at the time. He's assistant manager now, John Russell. Um, and, you know, I couldn't complain about that. And it worked out well for me in the sense I, I feel like I, I kind of not proved a point. But the reason I left was because I wasn't really getting in. Um, I got on really well with our manager, Shane Keegan, at the time. But it was in and out, in and out, played two games on the bench for two. And I just couldn't get a run. And the season before, you know, I'd been top goal scorer for the club. Um, so I just kind of said to him, look, we need something fresh, something new. Like, you know, I'm not what you need or what you're looking for. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not good for me either. So I ended up leaving and I was meant to go to Limerick, but that kind of fell through because Galway wanted someone in return. Um, and I don't think any of the Limerick squad could agree or wanted to come. So I ended up going to Sligo, um, who were in a relegation battle with Galway. And um, in hindsight, I would have preferred to probably stay and battled and try to keep Galway up. But the reason I left was because I wasn't playing and I wasn't you know, able to contribute. So, um, yeah, I have a bit of a regret there. But I suppose always in my career, you know, obviously it's great to go and win trophies and play in big games. But... I always wanted to be playing. That was always the most important thing to me to, you know, to be starting games. There was just no, I didn't like being involved if I was just sitting on the bench or I wasn't contributing. So, you know, I left for the right reasons, but I kind of wish I could have stayed and contributed and tried to keep Galway up because I suppose they got relegated that year directly because Sligo, I suppose, stayed up and Galway haven't got back into the Premier since. Yeah, not to rub salt in the wound, but Vinny also scored a couple vital goals to kind of keep Sligo <laughs> up. So I remember watching that during that time, and I think I may have texted you right when it happened. I was like, I think Sly, I think Sligo just uh, stayed up, and Galway went down with this move. Uh, and it's uh, it is so tough being that it's your boyhood club, the club that you've been at what four spells or three spells, and 
it's but I think the most important thing and I completely agree with you as a footballer is you want to be on the field I spoke to some we won the title this year and I spoke to a couple guys who either had injuries or weren't in the squad and they said we're, we're having all the champagne we're doing all the celebrations trophies and everything and they just said like I'm not fully celebrating I'm not fully happy with this and that's honestly it's almost a worse feeling than being in a relegation dogfight and you're a hundred percent committed because when you look back on your career yeah if you look up your wikipedia you'll be like oh i won the ea sports cup or whatever you but in reality when you remember your career it's all about those moments when you felt fully committed to to your squad to your teammates to your coaches to, your, to everything so yeah a hundred percent like that's exactly how i feel um you, you know it yourself if you're not playing you just don't feel a part of it um you know, and you, you try and be a good teammate and, you know, you obviously don't want to be a negative, but yeah, I, I've just never wanted to be that player um, that's kind of sitting, sulking, sour, that he's not, not contributing. So, yeah, I just I just went and looked elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I suppose to answer your question, yeah, like that that would probably be a regret, but in a weird way, I probably would have made the same decision if it came up again tomorrow. <laughs> Well, let's focus on some of the more positives. And yeah, uh, what were some of the real, real highlights of your career? And you know, you, you've had a lot of interesting experiences, without a doubt. So maybe just a couple of them that really stick out for you. Um, I suppose one of the big ones would have been the cup final for Pats um, in the Aviva. Uh, we we ended up losing, um, which was obviously tough, but. Um, you know, getting getting to a cup final, um, playing in the Viva in front of a big crowd, uh, that that was definitely a highlight. Um, I, to be honest, which I loved every minute of Pats because we were always up, kind of challenging for the league, challenging for cups. Um, I really enjoyed living in Dublin, and um, Jake, I'm sure you. I, I don't think anyone ever disagrees with this. Richmond is just a lovely ground to play in. It's yeah. just a fabulous. Yeah, what a football place. ground. It's small, but it's the surface is amazing, and it's it's a real community club. I just loved every minute of it. Um, and to be honest, I, not all of Galway. Galway was probably the lowest lowest lows, but the highest highs. When things were going well at Galway, it was unbelievable. But when things were bad, it was it, it was horrible because I suppose you can't get away from it. You're from Galway, you know. I, if I go out home to get away from it, my father's talking about the game, so. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to pick. I suppose even I suppose the the keeping Sligo up um, because it was a big decision to go up there. Um, and when I signed, I kind of regretted it immediately. Like literally, when I signed, I thought, "Oh man, what am I after doing here?" And then I'm kind of in a situation where I want Galway to stay up, but then it means I'm getting relegated with Sligo, and it really means my decision was terrible. Um, and you know, again, I haven't proved anyone wrong. Um, so keeping you know helping to keep them up was was a high in the sense you know I felt like I, I justified my move and kind of proven people wrong that you know I, I should have been playing at Galway and I could have contributed so there's all little ones it's hard to pick one but probably the cup final you know just the, the experience coming up to it Pats hadn't won it in I think 50 something years 52 years uh, they've won it since uh, Jake they'd won it just before you came did they yeah, they won it for you. 2014, right in between us. So they, they didn't need either oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we lost it in 2012. Um, 
but yeah, it's pro- probably the cup final to be honest to play in the national stadium. Um, just unfortunate we couldn't win, but it was it was a good experience, and you couldn't really liken liken it to getting relegated because, I mean, you always have next year you're still in the top division. So you know, although it was very disappointing, um, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you what have any promotion? Go ahead, Dave. You go first. Oh, I was just sorry. I was just going to say, what about winning promotion with Galway? How does that? Yeah. Finish? probably touch on a bit of what Jake said I, I did feel a little bit involved but like at, during the playoff run I was just coming on off the bench in games that oh, were okay. okay Jake had basically put the ball home you know bags were packed it was already on the plane and you know I was just coming on just to make sure it took off safely um yeah. so no like in honestly you just don't feel a part of it you're delighted for the guys but you you don't you kind of feel like a bit of a fraud to be honest celebrating um you know because you're looking at all your teammates that have actually done done the work and you know got the team across the line and you you just don't feel as much a part of it but it was a great group of guys and I was delighted you know and I'm I think Jake you, you you know we're all still friends I mean we all still chat um Everyone in that group got on well, um, so no, I was delighted for everyone. But it wouldn't it wouldn't have rated really highly, and you know, I exactly like you said. I look back and I think, yeah, I didn't really contribute to that. Yeah, I I, I think you're very wrong in that you didn't contribute <laughs> uh, because no, I... <laughs> I, I think so. You scored the first goal when for the club, like the rebirth, the first league goal. You got the suit that I wanted. I had nothing. I had nothing. I was like, on my back. I gave that to my friend, actually. I didn't even keep that. <laughs> I was, I was my first time in a foreign country. I'm just like, I need some clothes. And Vinny gets the first goal. So the first goal got a, a free suit from a local tailor or whatever. Uh, but you, so you got the first goal. You scored the first hat trick. You scored, what, at least eight to ten league goals that season. And you were such an important part of the club and also my development, as we've, we've talked about. I learned so much from you. The first few games I was playing on the wing, and you were playing as the number nine and in training and things, I'd pick things up from you. And I think by whatever, halfway through the year, I could finally play as a number nine and Tommy trusted me to play <laughs> as a number nine. So <laughs> it's a bit funny. It's actually how that funny. Out. It's a funny story. I remember when you came in, um, you came in kind of halfway through, not halfway through, but yeah. wasn't at the start. And uh, I remember Tommy after a session or two was like, this guy's not bad. And he was talking to me about you. And he was like, we might play like, you know, you, and then him off you, you know, like he could feed off your 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 knockdowns and that. And I was thinking, yeah, like you know, he looks good. It'd be good. Little did I know that I was like literally signing my own debt wish, like, and Jake was just going to push me out the door by keep me out of the team. <laughs> uh, I should have told him, no, 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 he's terrible. Don't sign him. <laughs> I remember I did come in. I think you guys were like a week into preseason, and I came in. I came in on a it was a Friday morning. I got picked up. I took the train from Dublin to Galway, took, uh, came to the conduct hotel, got in at like two o'clock. You guys had training that night or we had training that night, like seven or six or whatever it was. And I found out as I got the hotel, they're like, all right, you got training just up like literally 10 minute walk to Merview. And it's the Friday night. I'm like, I have training in four hours. I'm jet lagged and everything. <laughs> I'm like, and the first three days I was there, I swear to you, I couldn't score in a whorehouse. I, I mean, I was like quick and sharp and like, as I am, like I was, it was a trial. So you're always excited, but I could not score. I thought there's no chance of getting signed here. The Sunday Tommy comes to me and he's like, all right, we're going to have a chat up in the hotel. Cause Tommy actually would stay in the hotel as well. And so I'm like, all right, great. Here we go. Bags are packed. I'd already been on plenty of trials where I didn't get signed. 
And then he comes to me. He's like, all right, here's your contract. I was like, all right. I didn't even look at the, the wages or anything. I was like, all right, sign it, sign it away. So it, it is funny how the perception of how you play and your involvement, similar to like, you don't feel you're a part of the team. And I think that's just completely different than reality. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you credit in my mind anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it, it, was, uh, it was, sorry, Quante. I was just going to say like real quick, um, like as an outsider, I mean, I, I wasn't able to see those games, but uh, you know, just see, like, I would think that the two of you would have made a, a, a really good partnership, you know, together instead of it being a competition thing, like just the way you play Vinny and then the way Jake played and, and like my own Vinny Faraday moment was the one game I got to see in 2015 in uh, even Daisy Park, you know, Galway versus Limerick. And, and you came on at the half and, and banging a goal right away, I think it was. It was pretty – maybe not right away, but, you know, you banging a goal. If I, had I remember that game. Yeah. Goal and beat us 4-2, my, I think. And yeah, then I'm going – I'm, I'm, well. I'm going out with our man Tommy after, after the match. And, you know, he's driving me around, and, and we ended up with the goal. You know, where else are we going to end up and have a complaint? <laughs> and I'm just saying to him, like, you know, would, would you not have kept – Vinny and, and put the two of them together and, and I'm not going to knock Tommy or anything like that. I mean, he had his reasons but it just, uh, you know, everybody sees the game differently and obviously Tommy is a much more knowledgeable football man than me but like you know, I don't have any kind of, but it just seemed for, as an outsider, I think a lot of the fans would have probably thought that the two of you would have would have done well together as a strike as a, you know, four four two or whatever but just the two of you together. Yeah, I think he tried it to be fair and it worked in some games, but I think the problem is a lot in the League of Ireland. I, I, I can't talk for other leagues, but if the opposition played three in the middle, it kind of just leaves you short and it just kind of means you nearly need to go a 4 3 3 with just one striker. And I, you know, look, I, I don't always agree with the manager, but I can see why he would, regardless of, you know, goal scoring ability or anything. Jake just always had more legs than me. He was more mobile, more dynamic. So um, if you're going one up and you want to play maybe more of a counter-attacking game, then I could understand why he went for Jake. Even though at the time, obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't have openly said that. Um, I could never really criticize the manager for picking a different style striker to me because I, I wasn't the most mobile. I wasn't the quickest. Um, so if he needed something a bit more dynamic, uh, Jake was definitely a better fit. But yeah, look, we, we did work well when we played together, to be fair. And I think given more time, we could have been very effective. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, Jake at that time in particular played left wing like a number nine. So which is not too helpful to a team, you know, like you're supposed to be crossing the ball at Jake, not, you know, running into the chat. Yeah, that, that's that's my fault, Vinny. You probably would have had 15 goals that year if I knew how to cross the ball. But, <laughs> but I, I was going to say, you, you you played on the wing quite a lot the following year, and you still ended up like the club's top goal scorer. So um, yeah. you're doing something right there. Yeah, You've that, gone into that, nine that, now permanently, though. <laughs> that next season, I don't know, I, I had two hat tricks, and that really boosted my total. I think I finished. I think we finished tied that year. We both had 12 league goals, and – yeah, I had a couple of hat tricks, but like that year we had so many injuries where we could have definitely used another striker. So it was a case where we had Podge, we had uh, Patrick Cunningham, we had Enda. And if one of them were injured, I was up front, but we also didn't really have any wingers because Jay Malloy was get it would get injured a lot. Then Gary would always be on the right. So it was like, whoever was injured, that's where I was filling in. So I ended up playing a lot on the wing. Uh, 
but it's it's uh, it's a position I wish I could play better. Honestly, I, like I watched Mo Salah do it, and I'm like I could not get <laughs> dribbling ability, but the way he scores goals from that position, I'd love to do it. But then I feel like every time I play out there, it just it hurts my game. But it's it's just a it is something that I think I it hurts me as a player that can play like a 10, a winger or a striker, because sometimes I look at someone like you, you're literally, you're going to be a number nine and a manager is like, all right, I'm signing my number nine or I'm not. But at, right at the beginning, he knows you, you signing you and you know where you're going to play aside from when a few times you played it as a 10 as a winger. But for the most part, you're a number nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, do you want to be versatile or do you want to just be, have your position where you know you're going to play, you know your role. I, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting Yeah, plan. no, no I, I know what you're saying. Like, to, to probably gain the contract, being versatile probably works in your favor because they know, you know, they can sign you and you can fill in. But I think to really excel, it probably hurts you because you know yourself, you need a run of games wherever you play. If you're on the wing, you need four or five games to get into your groove. And the same as if you're a striker, because it's totally different. You mean, like, every the way you have to think about the game is completely different. Um, I always really struggled in the 10. I found it so hard to play when things could happen everywhere around me rather than like as a striker, I knew there was nothing behind me. I, you know, it was their defense and that was it. And I never even had to look. I just knew what was there. And in the 10, I would get it and I would try and turn and there people would be coming through me and, oh, and then yeah. the manager would be going crazy. I'm like, I've, I've never played here before. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like I, I can that. imagine that. Yeah, I was <laughs> that was say, me this season. That. Yeah, this year I played more as a ten, and I was in that, I was like, I'm just gonna run as much as I can and hope for the best, more or less. That was because <laughs> if you if you're gonna ask me to get on the half turn and slip someone, I mean, good luck. So yeah, it takes so long to like get good at, at something like that. I think people yeah. underestimate how you know good players make it look easy, but it's not, and yeah. you know. Even if you're a good footballer, if you've never played there before, it's it's a totally different skill set and mindset you need to have. Yeah. Uh, I have a question on uh, that Galway team. Did you know for Ryan Manning? For those that don't know, he's at he was at Q- QPR for a while and at Swansea now. He just made a move uh, this past summer, I believe it was. Um, but he was with our team that first year when we got promoted. He was 18 at the time. Did you know then what he would be now, or did you think, ah, no way? Um, no, I, I, I knew he had ability. I didn't like, it's a hard question. I knew he had ability and I knew he, he was good enough to go across and I wasn't surprised when he was, when he went across. Um, my question mark was, and you know, if he sees this, he mightn't like that, but how hard was he going to work? You know, was he, was he going to stay over there? Um, because you know, from what I'd seen at Galway, unbelievable ability. And he, ha- he wasn't a bad character by any means. He was a really nice lad, but he didn't ever really put in the hard yards. He always looked to cut a corner when we were doing runs and, uh, and nothing, again, overly bad. But to make it to that level, you know, I thought this could hold him back. But clearly, you know, it, it didn't, uh, or else he, he, he does put in those hard yards now. Um, the fact that he stayed over there, because getting over there is one thing, but staying over there and, you know, commanding moves to other championship clubs is is a massive achievement and he just got called into the national squad i think yesterday so um i'm delighted for him and his younger brother is uh, uh ronan he's he's another fantastic player he was at galway for a while and didn't really get in he's gone to that loan and i think he, he'll probably get in team of the year for the first division this year he's to be honest very similar to ryan 
tons of ability. Um, and again, if he if he puts in the work, you know, anything could probably happen for him too. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, I, I don't know. I, I probably didn't think about it enough that would he last that long, but I wasn't overly surprised he went over. Um, you know, I, I'm, you knew yourself, he'd, he, like, he, he could pick a pass. He had so much natural ability. It was, it was such a, such a surprise. <laughs> I, I was in the same boat as you in that I didn't have as much experience. So kind of looking back on it now with the, like what you were talking about, we do a, a little run, even like a warm up. He'd be like cutting off half the field. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just little things like that. But I think what really benefited him, A, apparently he had his mental, he's so mentally strong because he was over at QPR for a year and a half before he even got first team game. So that in itself is very difficult. But I think also playing as a left back, it kind of, it forces you to do your job. Whereas you're, when he was playing for us, he was a 10, he was a winger, he was a creative player and you have a lot more freedom. Whereas as a left back, you're a left back, defend the winger, put crosses in, that's it. And he's has plenty of ability to do that. And I think, I mean, we haven't been there, but if I were to guess, that position change really benefited him. Yeah, yeah, actually, I'd never really thought about it like that. But yeah, you're probably right. Um, it's way more structured. You know, you, ha- you have a job to do. If you don't do it, you're out of the team. It's not like, yeah. you know, the forward positions are nearly, it's maybe not a striker, but, you know, other positions are nearly opinion or, you know, left to interpretation. Did he have a good game? You can kind of see different things. If you, if you get roasted as a left back, you got roasted. No one can see it any differently. Can, yeah. can you talk a little bit since, since you touched on, um, you know, you kind of hinted at some of your experiences, you know, across the sea, you know, your experiences in England and, and uh, you know, with different clubs over there and opportunities that are in Scotland too that came up and, you know, may, you know, it didn't quite work out the way you probably had hoped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I suppose starting off, my, my very first experience with England was um, when when I was, I think, 18. Uh, I was with Sawtill Devon, and I'd actually spoken to Galway um, in the January, just before the season started in Ireland. Um, and I'd been offered a contract, but I, I had a trial with, with Ipswich in the March. So I suppose, Jake, as you'd know, like, you know, going to a championship club was just going to be huge. I knew the option to go to Galway was going to be there in the summer again. Um, and obviously Galway was my boyhood club, but I thought, you know, how many chances do you have to, to go on trial at a, at a championship club? So um, I went over to Ipswich. Um, it was a time just before Roy Keane came in um, and played in a friendly against uh, Millwall, scored twice, and then uh, was invited back a second time and they played me on the wing. Um Bizarrely enough, and as Jake knows, I'm not a winger. Even though I was more mobile back then, I, I, I certainly wasn't a winger. I was coming from training two nights a week, you know, part, not even part-time football, junior football, uh, Sunday league football. And they put me out there and then they kind of, the reason for it was to see, you know, how versatile I was. And um, it ended up not working out anyways. I signed for Galway. And then when I left Galway, um, it was a little bit of interest from Crystal Palace. They they invited me over. Um, so I went over on trial with them. Um, it was at a time when Crystal Palace were a championship club. They weren't, they're not the Crystal Palace that they are now. Um, and basically halfway through the trial, um, it turns out the club went into administration. Players hadn't been getting paid and that kind of just knocked that on the head. And that's how I ended up then at, at St. Patrick's. So they were my two experiences really in England. Um, in hindsight, you know, I, I wasn't good enough to play in, in the championship anyways. So, 
you know, had I, you know, gained a contract, say, with Ipswich initially, I don't know if I had the the raw the raw skill set or, you know, the, the physical attributes to, to maybe make a career there, but it would have been a nice experience. Um, but it wasn't to be, and, you know, absolutely no regrets there. What, what about Hibs? Was there some interest from Hibs? Or there, was it was reported, but nothing. It, apparently, two of us, two, two of the going out players, they were they were watching us. Apparently, but never, never anything happened. Never really heard anything. Uh, we had a CEO at the time, Nick Leeson, who, who who told us about it too. But I don't know how true it was or how how concrete it was. Maybe they came and saw me and thought, Nah, actually, what what we've heard is wrong. <laughs> Ronan Coleman, he invited him on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I got, I got, I got Vinny for you. <laughs> I don't know. Would Ronan Coleman try and get get someone to take me away from Galway? Uh, that that kind of works that, against. <laughs> that's that's a good point. <laughs> uh, no, so, um, yeah, go on, go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say they they're you know the hip thing was nothing really, uh, or nothing that I know of, and the other two were my only experiences. Um, but again, no, no regrets. I don't look back on them and think things have worked out differently. Uh, I think I ended up where I should have been. Uh, I think, you know, I brought it as far as I could have brought it. Um, and, you know, I'm happy with that. All right. So let's, my question now is let's stay across the pond. When we talked, I'm going to kind of, I play because I love it, but I also play for the experiences and the travel and the people you meet and all that. Different. And when we would speak uh, the season we played together, you were very much in the same boat. So let's touch on your your Australia. You played a season or season and a half in Australia, um, yeah. A season and a half in Australia, and then you also went to Cyprus. So just let's just talk on uh, touch on those international experiences and maybe other ones that you had. I believe you mentioned you had an opportunity. Was it Turkey or? Yeah, that not- that 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 feeds into Australia. That one. Um, okay, you got <laughs> this. Is mad enough one. So I, I was at Pat's and uh, a guy came on trial with us and. Um, Jesus, uh, this is a crazy enough story now. So a guy came on trial with us and uh, basically his agent had, had come to some of our games while this guy was on trial and kind of approached me afterwards and, you know, was I interested in playing in, you know, some some of the countries in the continent? I, I clearly was. Um, like, like we discussed, Jake, you know, the experiences were a massive part for me and, uh, you know, I was really eager to do it. So, you know, I, I, I got involved Um and then towards the end of the season, he, he told me the contract. Um, so basically, I had a, the option of staying at Pats or taking a gamble here on going to Turkey. Um, so there was a contract there. Um, so I, I signed the pre-contract, flew over, opened up bank accounts, you know, got the social service number, what their equivalent to it, um, and pretty much had everything done. Um, and next thing, the contract arrived in front of me, but it had like an extra thirty or forty thousand—I can't even remember—dollars on it as a signing-on fee. I said, "What's this about?" Uh, you know, the, the rest of the contract was exactly as I'd signed the pre-contract, but this was a totally, you know, new, new figure. Um, and it turned out it was for the agent and someone within the club uh, that was also making it happen. But in my, in my head, I was like, "Well, I'm still getting what I agreed to and what I wanted." So. And I'm going to get the experience. So, yeah, like, it's no problem. But what was happening in the background is the club had sacked their manager a few months previous and hadn't paid him up his salary. So, basically, they were, like, in court with the Federation and they ended up having to, like, they went, ended up having, like, an embargo until they paid their coach. So, basically, Turkey just fell apart because they weren't allowed sign players um, while until they paid up whatever the coach's contract was. 
so then I was kind of just in limbo in no man's land you know that had fallen through um I was like where will I go what will I do and just a, a friend of mine was down in Australia a guy who played with Pats and he um he asked, you know, what I fancy going down there. So I ended up getting in touch with a few clubs and ended up just signing for a club down in Australia. Um, again, not a regret, but financially, it's not bad. It's, it's, you can get quite good money down there, but the problem is that it's not, it's not in any way full-time. It's, you know, you might be training for three weeks, a few games, and then they might have a break for a month. And it's just, by the time I came back after the year and a half, like my fitness, everything was... It took me a year, year and a half to get right after it, to be honest. Yeah, I remember we, all the time there. Yeah. We <laughs> were yeah, it all, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great place to live. Uh, I really enjoyed my time down there. Met yeah. some great people. Loved it, but from a footballing perspective, it's something you probably should do in your late 20s, early 30s, rather than I was, I was too young to do it. If I had any aspirations of kind of, you know, if I really wanted to go and be at the, the top level of the League of Ireland, it was, it was the worst move I could have made, but Again, no regrets. You know, I made decisions based on the knowledge I had and for the right reasons. Um, and, you know, I wanted new experiences. And, you know, after Turkey, I kind of, I was behind the eight ball. I didn't really have many options. So I took it and, uh, yeah, look, I loved it. Great, great experience. But uh, Pat's unfortunately had to carry me for, for a few months when I got back. <laughs> Liam, I'm sure was delighted with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah he actually ended up playing me on the wing for the entire time and luckily we were a footballing team so it wasn't as much as of a shift as it usually is so uh no it was it, ah look i love my time again at pats uh, and then cyprus uh basically what happened there was i was at sligo uh, and i planned on staying at sligo and my uh my fiance ended up getting an opportunity to go over with the un to work over there for a year um, through her work, uh, through her job and great experience for her. Um, so we just said, yeah, why not? Like, you know, I'll try and find a football club. And uh, I was lucky enough to get one while I was over there and uh, got to play full time in a warm country, living in the Mediterranean for a year. So really enjoyed that too. But it was always only going to be a 12 month thing. So um, it, it probably made it a bit easier to enjoy because I knew there was, a, there was going to be an end to it. I remember seeing Instagram pictures and all that different stuff during that time. I was, uh, I think I was during that time, I probably was back at Pat's and it yeah, was raining every day and every day. And we, we would text me like, all right, you, I'll go, I'll go to Cyprus. You come to Pat's. <laughs> I actually remember you said that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good. I did a lot of travel. got to see a lot of the, the Middle East kind of areas that are tough to access from here, but um you know, it's in that area, that kind of the bottom right-hand corner of the Mediterranean. So, you know, got to see all, all that kind of part of the world. So it was great. Uh, and I loved every minute of it. A great lifestyle. But uh, their, their way of dealing with contracts and honouring them is, is very different to, to, to what we're used to. You can, can you talk a little bit about that? Because uh, I remember you telling an interesting story on, on, the, on the podcast with, with your man Conan Byrne. Yeah, so I'd heard, like, basically the PFAI, once they heard I was going out there, were like, they gave me their equivalence number for, like, the PFA for Cyprus, saying, you're going to need this guy. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's rogue country over there. It's the Wild West. And uh, 
I'd read stuff on the internet, but I thought, like, you know, they're under UEFA's umbrella. You know, they're not going to be able to pull this stuff. You know, like they might do it to some players, but it's it's not going to happen to me. Um, and all was fine for the first six months. And then um, their season runs like in England. So I joined halfway through the season. And then after the six, seven, eight months, as preseason the next year came around, they, they ended up um, trying to, they said like they came to all the players that had signed for two years and they, they were like, um, or for a year and a half. And they were like, uh, you need to take a the pay reduction. We, we've reduced our budget by 50%. Uh, and if you didn't accept, basically, if you didn't write, you know, like sign the, the document that we're putting in front of you, you just weren't getting paid. Um, so you could take 50% or take nothing. And pretty much everyone took the 50%. Um, and the reasoning for it was, if you don't take it, you will never get another club in Cyprus because every club does this. They just pick and choose what they want to pay at du- during your contract. And if you kick up a fuss or bring them to court, you essentially, you'll just, you know what a club will touch you because they all do it. Um, even the teams that get into Europe, everyone does it. Now, if they get into Europe and you bring them to court, they have to pay it or else they don't get their European money. But they all do it. Well, everyone apparently, this is what they this is what they do. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I didn't accept it because I knew I was leaving anyway. So I just said, yeah, just don't pay me for, for six months. That's fine. That's no problem. Uh, I'll continue on. And um, so about four months into it, then I, I, I got a lawyer and I just uh, I just brought them to court, essentially. It took a year and a half to sort, but I got it back. Um, I suppose they have to or else they get an embargo. Um, but it took a lot of a lot of effort. There was, I don't know how much detail I can go into without maybe uh, getting myself in trouble, but there was a lot of uh, stuff that they were producing that I'd never seen before that they claimed I had signs and stuff like that it was, it was madness really uh but again i i knew what i was getting going over there i've been warned um, but other than that i mean everyone involved with the club other than at the very top were unbelievable really nice people teammates were incredible really friendly funny guys um you like everyone's really nice but you know and their excuse or their their reason for it is ah it's cyprus that was always what they said ah this is cyprus you know this happens this is cyprus but, is, yeah. it kind of like, is it kind of like uh, you're living on island time, you're living on Cyprus time? Is it more like that kind of laid back, lazy affair, like, oh, it's, it's all right, we'll pay you tomorrow type thing? That's <laughs> honestly like, yeah, but that, that's it. Like everything's tomorrow. Everything. That's what they, that's their answer to everything too. Can you do this tomorrow? Like you'd ring to get your cable fixed. Can you, can you do it today? Tomorrow. Everything's tomorrow. And then when you ring them tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it, it was a great experience too. Was there some story? I thought you told something about them, like trying to, like, like, kind of, like, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was match fixing or it was just like they were trying to be like, you know, you guys are supposed to win this game or something, you know. Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember the story you were saying, like, you know, it was like some kind of like thing where it was like, you know, it just sounded really shady, and you were just like, get me the hell out of here, basically. <laughs> Yeah, that, that kind of stuff goes on. Like, you know, I don't know how much I can or can't say. I don't want to get basically there's stuff that's that's arranged over there all the time. Um stuff that's it's above all the players. It's nothing to do with the players. It's just uh, you know, 
if we're in a relegation battle this year and, you know, Jake is the owner of a club that's safe in the middle of the table, he'll look after us. He'll make sure that, you know, we get the points we need. And then next year, it could be the other way around or Jake maybe needs to, we maybe need to win the league or, and he, the favours were paid. That yeah. it's, it's all at a higher level. It's actually not, it's not from the players at all. It's, and you don't really know about it. Sure. Like I remember my first game, uh, I'd been training two weeks with them, I think. And I remember we named out the team. And I think I was the only person that was playing in this position. But at the time I was thinking, I thought he was a left back. Why is he playing right midfield? And I did, but I didn't know the players well enough at the time. I was thinking, man, I thought all these players played, but they, they were like, is the, we were, it was to show that we were playing our strongest team, but everyone was out of position essentially. Yeah. A lot of people don't know those stories in terms of the match fixing, like the things that go on about not getting paid. There's so much that goes on unless you're a big time professional footballer. If you're like a lower league or, or a little bit like us, if, we, if you're a pro like us, there's so many of that stuff that goes on. And I've actually, I've never had it happen really, but there was one time at Pat's the last game of the season in 2018, uh, Jer was the interim manager. Liam had just gotten sacked and he comes in on a Thursday day before the game and he's like, he's pissed at us. He's like, if you guys fucking throw this game, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we're sitting in there. I mean, obviously I didn't talk to a lot of the guys, so maybe they had order. Who knows? I, but, <laughs> but they, but he comes in and you guys, you, you can't do that. Cause I guess the FAI, there was like a increase in betting on dairy. We were playing and there was, it was a weird kind of thing. And I was just looking like, no, nothing's going on. And we go out and we beat Derry 5-0. So obviously there was, there was no match fixing going on, but it was, it's just one of those things that it does happen and it, it's not always reported and it's, it's an interesting side of the game. There's a, there's definitely a dirty side of the game, the financial side that, that is, uh, it's, it's yeah, we're lucky. I think it's not too prevalent, but obviously like, you know, if you go to, again, the, the one I'm talking about with Cyprus, it wasn't the players doing it. It wasn't like, I don't even know if it was betting. It was, it was different things. It was favors and, yeah. and different stuff. But yeah, I think it's probably more prevalent in, you know, the lower income countries um, than say, Ireland or, or, or the States, um, it, you know, I think it, it'd be naive to think it doesn't go on or, you know, everyone's as honest as myself or Jake or yourself, Dave, but, <laughs> you know, um, I, I've never seen it being completely honest. Um, you know, I, I've never suspected a teammate of doing it, but yeah, it's, it's obviously not why any of us are involved in the game. Um, and, you know, I don't even think, you, you know, I, I certainly never got involved for the financial side. I think, you know, if you, if, 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 if money is your true calling, then you're, you're, you're not playing for Goal United or, you know, you're, you're going out and you're following a different career path. But it's, um, yeah, it's, look, it's sad that it happens. And it's interesting, you know, to see when you, when you see it up, up front um, like I have. But, um, yeah, look, again, a great experience. And, you know, um, I wouldn't change it, really. But it must have been really nice to come back to Goa United in 2019. <laughs> well, not for the weather, but yeah, no, look, it was great to come back. It, it, to be honest, everything <laughs> fell into place. Uh, I was even thinking about it yesterday, like just every, the way everything kind of worked out, kind of fell into a good job as a, my career is winding down uh, and I get to spend it, you know, my last two seasons with, with, with the club I supported as a, as a kid. So, um I've absolutely no complaints. Like it, it, it's worked out well for me. Uh, like I said, like I said earlier, I think I, I 
milked it for all it was worth and got as much as I could have uh, out of it. And, uh, you know, now I, I get to follow guys like Jake and, you know, I'm going to just keep keep hounding them on Twitter and, <laughs> and on Instagram to come back to Galway. Like, what, what's, the, what's the point that, like, you, you drive me out of the club and then you just leave, like? <laughs> hey, you, you came back and had your success. I think <laughs> things, things worked out for everyone. Uh, obviously, Galway's your home. Galway's the best city in Ireland. I know you'll never say different anything different but going back to your time in Dublin when I lived in Dublin I mean I lived 20 minutes from Stevens Green 20 minute walk from Stevens Green I was like right in the city a 30 minute walk from Temple Bar not that I drank a lot but I, I could do whatever I wanted it was like honestly drink probably the best. Hey, I'll have I'll have a glass of wine here and there um I'm, I'm mature now I have a beer yeah. no, no I don't uh, <laughs> uh but what was living in Dublin like? Dublin probably was my favorite city to live. And I think it's, it's been a bit unfair to Galway because we were out kind of over towards Merview. We weren't right in the action, whereas in Dublin, I was right in the middle. I had a car. I had everything that I needed. But what was it like? And you have any great yeah, off-the-field stories? Great, sure you do. Great I'm sure you got some great off-the-field Dublin there. stories that you can share with us. A few, but none really that I could share here in a podcast. But no, look, I loved it just like you. Um, I lived quite close to the to the city centre, um, and like no, I I completely completely agree with what you're saying there regarding Galway and Dublin. I, I think to be honest, if you're if you're a younger guy, Dublin's a much better place to live. You know, Galway's a beautiful city, um, and I, I I wouldn't rather be from anywhere else. But um, you know, it's still a small city. Uh, Dublin's a huge, it's a proper proper city. It's a million people. There's always something happening. There's great, like you mentioned, Temple Bar. You don't even need to be drinking. It's just there's an atmosphere down there. There's always something happening in Dublin. Um, no, I loved it. Really loved it. Like, you know, probably, you know, some of the best experiences definitely of, of my career. But, uh, you know, living there again, at the time I'd been offered two contracts from different teams in Ireland that were, one of them was a lot better, but I wanted to go to Pat and I wanted to live in Dublin. That was like a major, major, you know, the pulling you know that was the pull for me uh, is to to live up there and play for Pat. So um, no, I, I I completely agree. But obviously, being from Galway, I, I hope no one from Galway watches this far into the podcast, or I won't be welcome. Don't worry, we only have thirteen viewers. <laughs> <or five. laughs> uh, Can you just tell uh, us a little bit, like like as an outsider, like. You know, like the, the League of Ireland, the, the culture around it, you know, it's just so unique and fun. And, you know, like the, the hashtag is greatest league in the world that they try to promote. Uh, but, you know, like, I mean, there are some things about League of Ireland that are, you know, you touched on that are special. Like you touched on Richmond Park and going in to watch a game at Richmond Park is as much fun as I've had watching a game anywhere because, it's just such a fun, and it's not the nicest stadium, but it's fun. And you can just walk in, sit right down, watch a really good level of game with good level players. And, uh, but, you know, the characters in the game, you know, like, you know, getting to meet people like Tommy Dunn, Liam Buckley, you know, but your own self, like just some of your most treasured experiences that you'll never forget, you know, even when, you know, many, many years from now, you'll always look back and laugh on it. Does any any good League of Ireland experience that you could share? I don't have any brilliant stories offhand. I mean, if if we if you caught me on a bus now or something, or you know, we we were sitting for a coffee, I'd probably come across something. But 
to be honest with you, the stuff that I'm going to miss and, the, you know, the stuff I enjoyed most was like traveling with guys to games, you know, having the crack sitting around a hotel, uh, you know, the dressing rooms, waiting on team meetings, stuff like that, where you're just actually having fun with the lads. Um, there's nothing really in particular that stands out, no particular story, but, um, you know, I've, I've met some, you know, I've had a lot of clubs, so I've met a lot of characters um, and, no, I've had some unbelievable experiences, but yeah, you're right. Richmond Park's like this, it's, it's a small little stadium. I mean, from the standards of America, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's barely a park, but it's, it's just, it's just a proper football ground and there's always a good atmosphere. Um, and I think that guy with the bell is still there, is he? The guy that just rings the bell in the, in the microphone. He's never leaving. <laughs> and all of it. No, it <laughs> All, all the other yeah players. i know yeah i think everyone does <laughs> <laughs> you see the highlights on youtube and just like ah, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> and everybody's like can we get rid of this guy but I, I i think we're not doing richmond park justice because i think the picture we're painting is that like it's not in a great but for me i thought it was perfect for what it is in the league ireland it's what i love about it it's four sides it's enclosed and the the supporters are so close to you the one thing would that is kind of missing is the back behind one of the goals is often empty. But when we would play Shamrock Rovers or Bows by the shed end, they took, they, they, yeah, took, yeah. they took the shed down. But um, when that was packed, there was no atmosphere like it. Like it was it's just, they're so close to you. And the atmosphere was, I, you feel like you're playing in front of 50,000 and you're playing in front of four or five, but it's, it's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And then Galway, no, Galway I, is great too. Galway, I mean, Galway stadium is beautiful. So it's, yeah. I mean, we, th we say like America and these stadiums are so nice. And yes, and MLS are great. And some USL teams, they have their soccer specific ones now. But here in Greenville, like I'm not hopefully not again, not doing any Greenville people are listening to this, but our stadium is a, it's a, like a high school or a charter school. And they've done a great job renovating it, but it's, it's turf. It's not good turf. It's, we have like a big stand and we have the supporter side and then we have like a, a little small, but the behind one goal is like, the school gymnasium it just doesn't feel like a football ground and yeah i think in ireland you always get that even if you go down to cove the worst pitch in the world it's it feels like you're like you're a footballer it's just on a very small scale so i i love yeah no no you're right yeah that the, the, they do have like you know a lot of fit for purpose stadiums in the sense that you know they're not too big they fit kind of wash you know like like you said about richmond you know if it was 15,000 it'd be nearly empty it just wouldn't it wouldn't feel the same the fact that it's you know so enclosed um I've always loved it it's to be honest it's my my favorite ground uh in the league outside of Terryland um I've always loved playing there um so no like I, I completely agree but but back to your question Dave I, I don't really have any um any like particular story that jumps out at me um just just good memories of it of, of all of it really down through the years What's the worst ground? My, oh, um, Cove or no, Finn Harps. Hands Finn Harps. down. Without a doubt, Finn Harps. Without a doubt. Because Cove, yeah, yeah. well, at least when I played there, we were much better than Cove. So I think we beat them 5 1 and 2 1. And it was just an easier game. Cause, and then you go to, when you go to Finn Harps, the dressing room is like five. Yeah, I have a thing about it. Yeah, yeah. The pitch is shit. They're a tough team to play against because they're physical and direct. Finn, Finn Park. Definitely bottom of the list for me. It's got worse since you were there too. It, the pitch now is like, it's it's not even playable. It's not. But to be fair though, they they're they're in the process of building a new stadium. They have been for a while, so 
um, I suppose. Why why spend money uh, renovating Finn Park when you're when you're building something new? Yeah. But yeah, definitely hands yeah. up. Finn Park is the worst stadium. Did you have some data? The Amy Deason Stadium was definitely uh, definitely a nicer one. And Oreo Park, I thought, was also a daily mount. All all really fun stadiums. And then Shamrock Rover Stadium at Pittsburgh, you know, or not Pittsburgh in um, in Tala, Tala. Yeah. Uh, was not you know like the more newer stadium it just didn't have the atmosphere that the older grounds had where you could go and you just feel like you know especially as an outsider as American you know you feel like you're experiencing something really different you know but uh, it, it, to me it just seems like it's a, it's an absolute it's a league full of characters and it's just you know it's so much fun it's a fun league and it is like a family like you, you, you mentioned you know and um I'm surprised you don't have any any good. Cause, I mean, I have good stories, you know. He he does, Dave. He's, he's holding out on us. He's holding out on us. I know he's, he's holding out on us. <laughs> I, I promise I'm not. <laughs> Over a few pints, we we'd be able to get them going. Uh, maybe maybe uh, yeah. if, I'm, if if we're back over there, I know Dave has family. We'll uh, we'll have to go for another visit. It's what one of the great parts about playing and traveling the world is meeting people like you Vinny and all the different teammates that I've had because I what the one thing I say is it's so hard like in, in 2014 like you said we had what 20 guys great guys how many do you keep in touch with very few maybe more because you live in Galway but for me it's very few but the fact that like I text you and or you text me once every three four months you see something on Instagram I see something it's and we have that relationship where when you come on this zoom call with us it's like we never left. It's six years ago. Yeah. We're in the we're in the doll after getting promoted, or we're in that. We're in. You remember the casino that we went to after? And Ryan Connolly was just uh, he was just he was losing all of his just, money on blackjack. He just he sat at us. We we couldn't get him out of there. I know. We were just watching him, and we were we were just talking about the game and the season. And he's just he's just out there playing blackjack. But it's what I love about this <laughs> this profession, and it's just we we you catch up like you never left, and it's it's been great catching up with you. So. Thanks, bro. Absolutely. No, I appreciate Thanks, it. We'll have to have you we'll have to have you down to go away soon. I, I well if Jake <laughs> isn't playing, I can sit up in the stands with you. <laughs> Vinny, what just real quick, last last question then what, what what's the next step for you? Like like, you know, as far as you know, you have your career and, and life ahead of you, but like as far as the game itself, like are any plans to stay involved in the game? Um yeah, I'd, I'd like to get involved with the club um, behind the scenes, not in the coaching capacity. It just never really interested me. Um, but I'd like to help out, um, you know, through whatever commercial side or, you know, marketing or, you know, wherever I suppose maybe people on the board might see see my skill set fitting in. Um, but again, that'll be a, a discussion that might might not be too formal um and and let's see what they think but uh, i'd love to i'd love to help out club have given me a lot um so i'd love to get back involved um and help them i think it'd be a great asset for golly but not going and if uh <laughs> who's listening uh, mike daly's i assume he's still there and everything get, hope, mike actually he's... left uh john corbish is is uh oh, flannery okay. john corbish and Eamon hartigan now Eamon's actually involved on the board remember him oh. at the physio yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, there's, yeah, he's involved. So no, there's the great lads, all lads that have gone with heart. So uh, hopefully, I can get involved and help out any way I can. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. It'd be, it'd be it'd be great to see you involved in the club again. Uh, you were you're a club legend. 
<laughs> I don't know about that. You're a club legend of about seven different clubs. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been great catching up, Vinny. Um, Thanks a million, guys. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some Irish viewers for this. Uh, so, any last words, Dave, before we do our little goodbye? Nah, I just wanted to thank Vinny a lot for coming on and and really getting a chance to connect. And and you know, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, like learning about you as a player and watching you, you know, from, from Jake's experience and then, you know, and, and following you even, you know, like in that game, you know, when I got to see you play for Limerick and it was just, it was a lot of fun just kind of like trying to pick Tommy's mind after the game, kind of like, why didn't you bring him back? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, what are you doing? You know, but like, and I tried to go with him, but just kind of like, it, made, it just made so much sense, but I don't know. You know, it was just learning. Yeah. It's my, part of my process of learning about the game, but it was yeah. a lot of fun watching you play. And, and you know, um, I hope to see you in New York sometime. And, you know, post uh One of my best and, friends and, lives and, there. And so as, so as soon as things open up, I'll, I'll be over. So if I am, I, we'll have I to catch up for a drink. <laughs> I hope you have your boots with you too, because we got some football for you to play over here. We still have Daryl Cavanaugh bringing in goals for for Lansdowne, so you know, like, there's definitely. A Do you know Sean Kelly? There. He's there, is he? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played with Sean many many years ago. Good guy. Sean Kelly's coaching the team, and and Daryl is Cavanaugh uh, is still playing up top, and he scored a lot of goals actually. He's a good player, Daryl. He was very good when he was in the league. Yeah, yeah. He was. so a lot of Irish guys in the team. It would be a lot of fun to have you over. Dave, he's retired. Stop getting him out of retirement. He's been retired three days. <laughs> retired for <laughs> professional. Retired for professional. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Vinny, for coming on again. Uh, until next time, Dave, I'm the athlete. Thanks a million, guys. And we are the aristocrats. The aristocrats.